Hello, I'm Dodge, and this is the I Found It on Reddit short stories podcast. Typically, I read to you my favorite short stories that I find on Reddit, but for this episode, I'm actually going to read the first chapter of the fantasy book Zero Contact by M.W. Keisler, with the help from fellow YouTuber The Devil's Interval. You may remember I interviewed the author back in episode 4 of the podcast, where we also read a short scary story written by her titled Phobia, and discussed the before-mentioned book as well. Well, now a hundred free digital copies of the book is available, and you can find the details on how you can score a free digital copy of this awesome book in the link in this episode's description. Alright. Well, let's get started. Zero Contact by M. W. Keisler. This book is for everyone who has felt they have no place in this world. Keep looking. You'll find it. Forward. Dear reader, Before you embark on this strange journey, I would like to make a couple of things clear. 1. The world you are about to enter is not our world. Many things are the same. Many are different. For example, stock abbreviations are longer. 2. This book is in no way meant to denigrate or disparage Christianity or any religion as a whole. It may, however, serve as an example of how bad people can use an institution that is ingrained in the hearts and minds of so many and twist it toward extremism and hypocrisy. Or it may just be a fun little romp through a world next door. That's for you to decide. Let the journey begin. Temperance Chapter 1 The girl lay on the bed and sniffled while her mother dabbed ointment on her back and legs. The mother clucked. Temperance, May. Why can't you just be a good girl? I try, mother. Your father doesn't like to punish you. The girl laughed wryly. You embarrassed him in front of the whole congregation. What was he supposed to do? Mother, I can't just make them happen, and I can't make them different than they are, no matter how much he hits me. The mother stroked her hair. Can't you just try, Tempe? God gave you a gift. You should learn to use it. Temperance hit the bed with her fist. Can't God just take it back? I don't want it. Her mother stood up. Temperance may lick it. Don't you dare question the Lord's will. You just stay in here and ask the Holy Father for forgiveness. Then you can come down and eat when you're ready to ask your earthly father for forgiveness. She walked out, shutting the door firmly behind her. Temperance sat up on the bed, drawing her knees to her chest 
her long hair hanging around her like a curtain. The fresh belt marks creaked with every sob, blood and ointment oozing slowly onto the white sheets. She would have to scrub them tomorrow. A dresser drawer opened across the room, and a handkerchief floated to her hand. She cleaned her face. They must never know she could do this, too. It was all so hard since Verity left. The others treated temperance like some kind of freak to be either feared or revered. Only Verity had really been her friend. They had camped in each other's dens and begged quarters from their parents to get candy bars from the general store. Fun. There had been no fun since Verity left. Temperance smiled at a memory. Two girls with dirty faces and filthy dresses laughing under a natural bower next to the creek. They'd scrounged enough money for a candy bar each and a soda to share. High on sugar, they were giggling about, well, everything. Verity had a crush. A boy named Abel who had just the dreamiest blue eyes. I wish I had pretty eyes. Then he'd notice me. <laughs> Temperance laughed. At ten, she still had less than no interest in matters of romance. He'd only notice you if you were a baseball. Besides, you do have pretty eyes. Verity rolled the orbs in question. I do not. They're brown and boring. Like mud. Bleh. Temperance looked down at the candy wrappers. They're not like mud. They're like chocolate, with little lighter flecks. Like a Kit Kat. What boy wouldn't like eyes like a Kit Kat? Only a stupid one. Verity giggled and rustled a silver candy wrapper. Well, if my eyes are Kit Kats, then yours must be. The floor creaked outside of Temperance's door, snapping her out of her reverie. Her father's tread. He had come to apologize, as he always did. Every time he felt bad, but it never stopped him from doing it again. Spare the rod and spoil the child. He tapped lightly on the door. Tempe, you decent? No, I'm letting the welts dry out. In her mind's eye, she saw him flinch on the other side of the door. Good. He was holding a tray, like she knew he would be, like he always did. I brought you your supper. Beef stew, your favorite. She hadn't liked beef stew since she was little, but he didn't know that. You ate what was put in front of you or you didn't eat. So, she ate without complaint. Will you open the door, please? She pulled a dress over her head, wincing as the rough fabric dragged over the new welts. Unfolding her legs and rising painfully, she yanked the skirt down around her waist and went to the door. 
She turned the knob and retreated back to the bed. Her father nudged the door open and set the tray on her night table, then sat next to her on the bed. He tried to put his arm around her shoulders, but she jerked away. He sighed. I know you're mad at me, Tempe, but you gotta know it's for your own good. It's not, though. Just because I didn't see what you wanted me to see, or say what you wanted me to say. You raised me to not be a liar, and then you punished me for telling the truth. That is not for my own good. I'm sorry you see it that way, Temps, but what you saw was wrong. The church will prosper, and when Christ returns it will stand strong with him against the forces of Satan. Temperance kept quiet. She'd had her say at devotions this morning. She and the church treasurer had been in agreement. Unless Christ got here soon, there would be no church. Her father tried again. I know you think I'm too hard on you, sugar. Hell, maybe I am. But next year, when you marry Brother Saul and have to run a household, you'll be grateful for everything your mother and I have taught you. And that was another thing. Father, I don't want to get married next year. I'm 14. It's too soon, and I don't want to marry Saul. He's old. He stroked her hair, as though he was trying to physically change her mind. Oh, darling, you've been spending too much time in town. Their ways are not our ways. Fifteen is just the right age for a girl to get married. Don't want to have kids too late. You want to be able to keep up with them. And Brother Saul isn't old. He's only thirty-five. Besides, it's a good match. He's the backbone of this community. A holy man, and the best preacher we've had in decades. You're very lucky that he wants such a wild girl as you. You'll see that when you get older. Now, eat your stew before it gets cold. He shut the door softly behind him. The stew was already cold. She dumped it in the toilet and ate the buttered bread left on the tray. Her thoughts wandered to Brother Saul. Having to marry him was a judgment from God himself a punishment she actually deserved. What she wanted didn't matter. She had done this to herself. Thank you so much for listening to our reading of the first chapter of M.W. Keisler's book, Zero Contact. Don't forget to click the link in this episode's description to win your free digital copy today. You'll also find a link to hear more work from The Devil's Interval there as well. Alright, you guys. Well, thanks for stopping by and for sharing. And until then, I'll catch you on the next page. <laughs>